Pastor Wade and Cynthia and their family. Uh, they're out of town this weekend. Uh, they'll be coming back soon. But I just want to show them honor. Pastor Wade is a mentor in my life. He's been a father figure um, for a very long time. He's the founder of this church, and he's an amazing man of God. So let's show him and his wife, Cynthia, some love this morning. I miss him. He's been texting me and uh, just encouraging me about today. And, you know, just if, if you need someone to believe in you, Pastor Wade is the person. So we, uh, we're so glad uh, to, to, to be here and doing church with them. Um, also, shout out Surge students. Um, and uh, last week we started a new series called Chasing Carrots. Kind of a funny name, but it, it's... It's really a good analogy for how life can feel sometimes when we're pursuing things. And Pastor Wade brought a message last week about uh, uh, chasing perfection, pursuing perfection. And he said that the pursuit of perfection is harming our relationships, our jobs, and our purpose. We learned to choose God's love over our perfect performance. Uh, we, all, we should choose people. We learned that we should choose people over perfection. After all, God chose us in our imperfections. So if you want to be perfect at something, Jesus gave us this command. He said, be perfect in loving people. God has not set a standard for us to achieve on our own because he, he is the standard. And we put our faith in him, we receive that standard. Amen? Yes. Amen. Say, I don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect. That's, we just live in God's grace. And so he, he commands us to be perfect at loving people and that's caring about people loving people serving people and he did a great job this week in chasing carrots we're going to be talking about seeking approval and it sounds harmless at first seeking approval you know wanting to feel accepted uh, wanting people to like you that sounds harmless on the surface but beneath it there there are a lot of a, a, a lot of uh, traps we can fall into that God has laid out in his, in his word that, uh, that we can avoid. In fact, it says in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25, fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Is kept safe. Amen? Let's go ahead and pray. Father God, we thank you so much for this time we have together. I thank you for these wonderful people that you gathered here this morning. I thank you, God, that every one of them Lord, has an opportunity to, to be touched by you, to connect with you today, God. I thank you, Lord, for, for what you're doing in their lives, God, in front of them, in, 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 their, in their vision, uh, in, what, in what they're doing at their jobs and their families. I thank you, God, for how you're also working behind the scenes. God, help us today to get to a place where we don't need to seek the approval of people, but where we're living for your approval, Holy Spirit. I pray that you would just raise our faith today, God. Lord, raise our, our trust in you, that you're all we need. And in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. 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 Chasing approval from people, worrying that he or she won't like me, isn't something I typically struggle with. Um, I'm, I'm a fairly popular guy when, wherever I go. Uh, when I walk into a room, people notice me. I'm loud, and I got a big smile, and sometimes I have bad breath. But hey, it's okay. Uh, and so I don't really struggle with this stuff a lot. Um, I tend not to care what others think about me. Uh, but this is a big opportunity right now. And so just give me a moment to collect my thoughts. I got this. 
No pressure. No pressure. Just filling in for Pastor Wade, the founder of Emerge Church. Yeah, okay, all right, yeah, I, okay. Just read over your notes, go with the flow. You know, people like you. I think they like me. I hope they like me. I hope I don't mess up. Come on, you've done this before. I know, but look at all the eyes in the crowd. What if, what if something goes wrong? What if, what if I left my zipper unzipped? <gasps> No, don't look down. They're going to see you. Don't. Okay, no pressure. They're going to like you. You got this. Just focus. God's with you. That's right. Holy Spirit power. Here we go. Three, two, one. You have no idea how much better I feel that you're clapping. Okay. <laughs> Actually, if you're anything like me, uh, I can I can easily be overly concerned with what people think about me. Uh, we are people like us. We're known as people pleasers, people who are so concerned with what others say, the affirmation of other people, uh, who just want to please, want to be liked, want to get along. I love when everybody gets along and when we're doing good. And it, it's it's honestly not not healthy when it comes to our relationships and our, and our purpose. Um, in fact, it's been called. Um, the addiction to affirmation has been called the disease to please. The disease to please. And there have been many people who had lots of potential, have done great things, who had uh, good relationships, uh, good things going at their jobs. But the disease to please brought it down. Because in reality, we can't please everybody. We can't please everybody. And I remember my parents telling me that when I was younger. You, you can't please everybody. And Because I'd want to, you know, sleep over at this friend's house or have this person over and, you know, go do that with that person. And my mom would just say, you can't please everybody, honey. But that's something I, I've dealt with as, as a young person in my life. And I still, I, I just, I like for people to get along. So this is still something that, that I'm working through. But God's done some great things in my life. But I want to go over three problems that people pleasers battle. Three problems that people pleasers battle. Number one is you obsess about what others think. You obsess about what others think. You see, it affects where you shop. It affects what brands you wear. When you're obsessed with what others think, it affects where you're seen at times because you're concerned about what other people think. I remember um, my, my mom's family, they, uh, they, owned a, they owned a local grocery store back home in Louisiana, and there was a, a rival grocery store down the road that uh, they, you know, my, my parents, I don't ever remember going in there and shopping for anything. But there was one night where I had, I had to get some, some supplies for a project, and my, uh, my family's grocery store didn't have them. And so we, we're looking, and they're out. Because, of course, I put it off. So we, we went to the rival grocery store, and I remember my mom would not go in the store. I wasn't very old. I mean, I was maybe a, a 9, 10, 11, something like that. And she's like, I'm not going in there. Come on, come on, mom. We got to go to the grocery store. I got I to get this project done. No, I, I, can't, I can't be seen in there. You don't understand. And I thought that was the, the weirdest but funniest thing. She's like, you don't get it. And sometimes we get like that with, with simple stuff, with, with appearances, um, 
Sometimes it means that you assume other people's conversations between friends and coworkers. You assume that they're almost always talking about you. Come on. I know I felt that way before. You assume you know, they're, they're lo- laughing and joking. And, oh, it's got to be about me. It's got to be about the mistake I made on Wednesday. Man, I, I wish they would just lay off me. It has nothing to do with you. It's something they saw on, on like, the Tonight Show the night before or something. Just some water cooler talk. It's not about you. But people pleasers, we tend to assume things are about us when they're not. You know, honestly, when I finish today, I'll be overly curious about how I sounded. I'll be overly, I'll, I'll ask my friends, hey, so how, how do you think it went? Like, was it funny? Did I do well? Um, did, did, I, did I mess up? How many times did I say this word or that word? That's how, it's easy to get like that. It's easy for me to fall into that trap, p- being obsessed about what other people think. Another problem is that you're often overly sensitive to criticism. You're often overly sensitive to criticism. Maybe on your job, the supervisor makes a suggestion that you didn't think of. And you're like, man, just micromanaging me over here. No, they're trying to help you. Maybe you receive a negative comment. You receive a negative comment about something that you, you, you did wrong. You've done so many other things well, but that one negative comment, it just hangs in the back of your mind. It makes you second guess the next time you go to do that, that objective. The next time you go to fix that problem, you're second guessing your ability. You're second guessing what you've learned. You're second guessing what you've done a hundred times. But that one mess up that one, and that one negative comment from your supervisor, sticking around. People pleasing. Someone could say a hundred positive things about you. Maybe in your relationship, maybe you know, in, in your marriage, there's a hundred positive things, but one negative thing, and you focus on that one negative. You forget about the, the hundred other positive things, but that one negative comment from your spouse, maybe from your mom or dad. They didn't like how you did the, the crown molding in the house. And it just sticks with you. And so for, for years, you've been looking at that crown molding. Dad didn't like it. You're going to have to get a new house. I don't know what to do. <laughs> you don't have to get a new house. Dad don't live there. You do. And if dad's living there, you know, take care of him, treat him well. Uh, but you live there. Number three, the third thing that, that we obsess over is you have a hard time saying no. You have a hard time saying no, and I've battled this, wanting to please people, wanting to help people, always wanting to be available. You, it's difficult to say no to somebody because you, you want to be someone who helps others. You want to be someone who is known as helping others. Come on, that's like a, that's like a double whopper there, okay? Like you sincerely want to help everyone, but then you want to be known as the guy who helps everyone? Come on. It's like freshman psychology in here or something. And you're, you're, you're struggling with that, of not saying no, and it's cost you. It's cost you opportunities to spend time doing more important things. Maybe there's a project that you needed to get, at, to get done at home, but you said, you said yes to your neighbor down the street. And maybe you said yes one too many times, and now your spouse is putting the hands on the hips. Or maybe he's rolling his eyes. When you have a hard time saying no, you avoid conflict at all costs. 
You don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Come on, man, I'm preaching to myself right now. Come, I do not like hurting people's feelings. I, I grew up getting my feelings hurt far too often. I was overly sensitive because I'm a people pleaser. Don't like to hurt people's feelings, okay? You'll buy, you're going to buy three different discount cards supporting three different high schools because you can't say no. Come on, man. Leon, Lincoln, and Charles don't all need your cards. You're not getting that your tires, rota- tires rotated that many times this year. All right? You don't need that many oil changes. Come on. You couldn't bear to disappoint someone. You go to the party that you dread. Because you want to please people. You can't say no. You don't want to be there. It's going to take too much time. There are other things that, that, that need your time. Maybe at home. Maybe with a work project. Maybe you know, you're, you're skipping time with your, with your son or daughter. But you can't say no to the people whose opinion you really care about. Oh, they're my family. They're, they're my family is always going to like me. They're always going to love me. I really need to impress you know, Jeff from work. Okay. You're not responsible for Jeff's upbringing. You're responsible for your children's upbringing. Jeff doesn't need you to be at his t-ball game. Little Jimmy does. If you're a young lady, maybe you go out with the guy you'd rather not see, but you just couldn't say no. You're overcommitted, but still unable to turn anyone down because you're seeking the approval of people. It's not a healthy way to go. In fact, like I said before in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25, fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Is kept safe. The word snare in Hebrew means malkesh. Malkesh. That means it's a trap for catching animals. That word snare we see there in the scripture, it's a trap meant to catch animals. Fear of man, fear of what people think, it's a trap that's waiting to catch you, waiting to to entangle you, to keep you free from doing the things that God has called you to do. It's also referred to as as a a hook, like you see a hook on an animal's nose where they can use a pole with a, 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 a a hook on the end and lead that animal astray, lead that animal where they want him to go. When we fall into Fearing people and caring too much about what people want. Their desires for us, their feelings about us, lead us into places, lead us into relationships, lead us into events and lifestyles and habits that's leading us away from what God has for us. We're being led by people's opinions like an animal caught by a trainer. An animal caught by a trapper. You are not an animal. You are a person that God made. And God God has called you his masterpiece and he has big plans for you. Do not be led astray by the opinions of people. You see, fearing, fearing what people think is a trap. It's not just a relational problem. It's a spiritual one. Becoming obsessed with what people think is the fastest way to forget about what God thinks about you. It is also in direct contrast to serving God. Galatians chapter 1 verse 10 And here Paul writes, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, 
I would not be Christ's servant. That's a stark contrast. Paul says, if pleasing people were my goal, if being nice to everyone was my goal, if making sure I never hurt anyone's feelings was my goal, if making sure that I kept everyone happy was my goal, I can't serve Jesus. I can't serve God. Maybe there are some people who've enticed you and invited you places, invited you to do things, but you signed up to serve on that dream team. You signed up to, to, to be there at, and serve at your kid's ball game. Maybe you signed up for that, that marriage conference, that retreat. But because somebody else's opinion of you wants to bring you somewhere else, you're saying no, and you're divided. Paul says, if, if I wanted to please people, I wouldn't serve Christ. I wouldn't serve Christ. The hard reality about our nature is that we are drawn to caring what people think. We're drawn to it. We want to be well-liked. But it's not, it's not God's plan for us. Here are the facts about the disease to please. People-pleasing is a form of idolatry. People-pleasing is a form of idolatry. It says in Exodus chapter 20, verse 4, you must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them. In verse 5, for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. Now, I'm not accusing anybody in here of dancing around statues or performing and saying strange incantations to take the God of, to, to serve and worship the God of the well-manicured lawn. Okay, no, I'm not accusing you of worshiping idols in, in, a, in a physical way to where, you know, you, there's like certain clothes you put on. You're putting on face paint and, you know, you're dancing around. No, that's not the idolatry we deal with here in America. What I'm talking about is the things that we put before God. We need a fresh perspective on idolatry. You see, an idol is anything that we put in place of God. Whatever you love more than, than your relationship with God is an idol. Whatever you're putting more time into, more affection, more enthusiasm, more investment emotionally, financially, um, spiritually, that's an idol before God. And I don't want to break it down into statistics and get, you know, put an Excel sheet up on the screens, okay? You know in your heart. I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to you in your heart about the things that have come before God in your life. I know God has done that in my life. It's an idol to worship the opinions of people more than we worship God. Jesus said it like this in John chapter 12, verse 42. He was talking about the religious leaders of his day. Yet at the same time, many even among the leaders believed in him. But because the Pharisees, but because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear that they would be put out of the, put out of the synagogue. For they loved human praise more than praise from God. They loved human praise more than praise from God. There were some there was a group of people who believed what Jesus was saying, 
but couldn't be associated with his movement, couldn't be associated with his actions. They saw what he did. Many Jewish leaders saw Jesus do the same miracles that his disciples saw. They witnessed the miraculous power of God, but see, they followed at a distance, never daring to confess their belief or get close enough to be changed themselves. They wouldn't get close enough. They wouldn't say what they really felt about God because, I'm, I mean, yeah, it sounds good, but I don't really believe it. That's, that's, that's for those people, the Jesus, freak, Jesus freaks over there, you know, the church people. I'm not, that's, that's not me. They were scared of what the Pharisees might say because they'd be kicked out of their religious group. They'd be kicked out of their religious organizations. And I believe that still communicates to us today. Is it possible that we could be following Jesus at a distance for fear of losing the praise of people? The opinions of people that maybe we spent our whole lives around. Maybe they've gotten us in good graces in a position with our job. Maybe it's, it's, it's the old boys club that we like to be in. Oh, we don't take, we go to church, but we don't take all that stuff seriously. I don't listen to that preacher man. It sounds good, but that's not for me. We go, make, a, make an appearance. That's what you're supposed to do. But I'm not really believing that. Maybe that's a voice you've heard for many years. And you don't, you're not ready to commit, but you've heard the gospel. You've heard the message, and it's changed something inside of you. But you haven't let that inside come out in your actions and how you, how you treat your spouse and how you love your kids and, and how you conduct yourself at work. You follow out of distance. Yeah, I, I go there. I mean, I like the music. No, I don't raise my hands. <laughs> you crazy? <laughs> you can see my pit stains. I'm doing that. We follow at a distance because we're afraid of what people might say. See, following at arm's length just for appearances, maybe to not let go of certain potential business opportunities. Maybe you're here just to please someone. Maybe you're here because your spouse wanted you to be here. I want you to know that God is, God is glad you're here too. And he, he's, seeking, he's seeking to approve you, but you got to let him. The other fact about the disease to please is that the approval of God sets us free from the disease to please. The approval of God sets us free from the disease to please. Growing up, I, um, I had a lisp. I would say my S's at the side of my mouth. And I never knew there was something wrong with that because it's just the way I talked. I... Um, I struggled being overweight. I wasn't an active kid. I quit every sport that my mom and dad signed me up for. I was like, nah, I'm missing too much TV. I don't want to do that. So I, I was an unhealthy eater, wasn't active. I didn't talk correctly like everyone else. And uh, I wasn't following Jose Canseco or, or Mark McGuire hitting home runs. I wasn't following sports or anything cool. I was into video games and Nintendo, y'all. 
I was in there reading comic books, <laughs> playing video games. I loved it. It's not as main, it wasn't as mainstream back then as it is now. Heck, any, any male underneath the age of 35 practically plays Halo at some point in their life. <laughs> but back then, it wasn't, look, it wasn't popular. And so I dealt with a lot of criticism. I got teased a lot as a kid. I got made fun of because of my weight. Got made fun of for different things. And it really hurt my self-esteem. It, it, it hurt what I thought of myself. And luckily, God positioned some real good friends in my life to help me get through that. But I always struggled about, I always struggled with the approval of people, of just being liked. And when I was 16 years old, I went to a Fellowship of Christian Athletes camp, heard the message of the gospel in a, in a way that I had never heard it before. And God changed my life, changed my heart. And after that camp, I went home and I gave my, my heart to Jesus. I gave my life to Christ. I confessed him as Lord. And it, 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 nothing has ever been the same since. Yeah, you can clap. That's cool. That's cool. Um, and from that point on, believing and receiving the forgiveness of Christ in my life, in my heart, knowing that God forgave every mistake I ever made, God forgave every bad thing I ever thought, said, or did. And that he would forgive every sin I would ever commit by the blood of his son Jesus on the cross. I'd never felt that level of approval before in my life. I knew I had a father in heaven. I knew I had a family in his people. I knew I had friends I'd never meet. Friends in heaven I'd meet one day. The Bible says that there's a crowd of witnesses watching over you as you pursue God in faith. And from that point on, everything was different. I loved me because God loved me. And I went from, from being a kid who was teased that I couldn't help but share the love of God. It even got to a point to where I, I, I made a shirt. This is in high school now, okay? I mean, it's about who you hang out with, who you talk to, who you don't talk to, who's cool, who's not, who's doing drugs, who's not, wherever. It don't matter. There's clicks. There's things. I didn't care. I made a shirt. I, I, I wrote in big letters, permanent marker. I made a shirt that said free hugs. On the back, I wrote sponsored by the love of Jesus. So people knew I wasn't a pervert or anything, okay? <laughs> you got you to make that clear. got to make that clear. And I, would, I, I went to school and I wore that shirt. And anybody who saw that and made eye contact with me and wanted a hug, I gave them a hug. I can't tell you how many, how many judgmental mindsets I overcame because of the people I hugged those days at school. I did a, f a few times in high school. I did a couple times after that. But the people that I embraced, not with my love, but God's love for them. Because we never know what people are going through. But God's love, one hug can change a person's day and can change a person's life. I shared this on Facebook, and I'll be brief. I was, uh, was rear-ended in my car uh, the other day, and the young lady who hit me, um, she was responsible, got out of her vehicle. We pulled to the side of the road. We exchanged insurance information, all that good stuff. I was very thankful, but I could tell she was stressed out. I, I could tell. And so afterwards, I said, hey, can I pray with you? It was like it wasn't bad. I didn't like hurt my back or anything. You know, my, my bumper's a little scratched up. It's fine. I said, can I pray with you? And she said, yes. So we prayed right there at that moment. And afterwards, she said, can I have a hug? Yeah, you can have a hug because God cares about you. 
you made a mistake just now, but it doesn't matter because the love of Christ overcomes every mistake we will ever make in our lives. And when God approves of you, nothing else matters, not the opinions of people. We are set free from people's approval when we accept God's approval. In fact, in the book of John, chapter 8, verse 36, Jesus says, So if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. We can't please everyone. It's an exhausting and impossible task. However, there was one man who took on a different task. It seemed impossible, but he accomplished it so we didn't have to. We can please God because he chose to forgive us before time began. You are not what you think they think about you. You are what God says about you and that only. I'm going to say that again. You are not what you think they think about you. You are only what God says about you. Amen? And who does God say you are? God says that you're a new creation in Christ. God says you're forgiven with all your sins washed away. God says you are more than a conqueror through Christ. God says you are his masterpiece. Not his mess up, not his mistake. Not his, oh, I got to erase, I got to erase him because I messed up. No, I'll erase his sin because he's my masterpiece. I can remove all the excess faults and, and things that he or she did wrong because I love him. But I'm not taking him away. I'm not cutting her out because they're my masterpiece. And he's hanging you up in his, in his living room in heaven because you're his masterpiece. You are the light of this world. You are a joint heir with Jesus. God says you're an ambassador for him. You are the church. Come on, this building, God bless the public schools. God bless Gilchrist who lets us meet here. This building is not the church. You are the church. And, and, the, and the Bible says that the gates of hell will not overcome it. You are loved. Emerge church. Not by me. Not by Pastor Wade. I mean, we love you, but that's not what matters more than your love. By God Almighty. You're loved. When you believe that truth, you can declare it. You can live it. You'll never be satisfied pursuing the opinions of others. You will never be satisfied seeking the approval of everybody around you, seeking the approval, maybe a parent who never gave you the affirmation you needed. Maybe a spouse who's just failed to speak life to you, failed to tell you about the good things you, you do. They just bring up the negative. And I want, to, I want you to know God is for your marriage and God can set anybody free. I'm not saying that person's your enemy. I'm saying the enemy has some influence in their life, but God can deliver. Amen? Come on.
We fight not with flesh and blood, but with powers and principalities in this unseen world. God's in control, and God loves you. No matter what you have heard or never heard once in your life, God approves of you. He who set the stars in place, who made the heavens, who orchestrated the earth and its orbit around the sun so we don't crash into the sun and burn and all this kind of crazy stuff. God executed that. He's got that kind of power. And he thinks you're awesome. He approves of you. God loves you. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. I would like us to bow our heads. We're going to have a moment together of prayer. Maybe you're here this morning and you've liked what I've said. You, you, you like what you heard about God and how he loves you. But you've been away from God. Maybe you haven't talked to God or prayed to him in a very long time. Maybe you've never had an opportunity to hear about or get close to this God I'm talking about. To get close to Jesus. This morning I want you to know you are in a safe environment. You're in an environment where people care about you. But most of all, you're in an environment where we honor what God has for you. And he has only the best. So this morning, if you've been away from God for a while, maybe you've never prayed a prayer to accept God into your life. I want to give you that opportunity right now. With eyes closed and heads bowed. If you want to get right with God, just raise your hand. We can make that happen. Awesome. Just raise your hand right where you're at. God wants to get close to you. The Holy Spirit is, 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 is working on your heart. You feel him. You feel that tug. Just raise your hand. Amen. Amen. Awesome. We're going to pray a prayer. I would like for all of us to pray together. Because we believe with you. Just repeat, after, just repeat after me. Dear Lord, thank you for loving me. Thank you for making me. Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and make me a new person today. I put my faith in you and what you've done on the cross. I am brand new in your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give ourselves a round of applause. Come on. Listen, if you raised your hand and you prayed that prayer and you, you, got, you got right with God, we want you, we want you to look at, um, you should have gotten a worship guide when you came in. And there's a connect card. If you made a decision to follow Christ just now, we would love for you to fill out that connect card and, and, and let us know about your decision. And I'm going to challenge you. Tell somebody about your decision today. 
That's my challenge to you is tell one person about the decision you made today. And all we want to do is we, we just want to reach out to you through email. We're not going to give your information to people, you know, to Google or anybody like that. We just want to reach out to you and ask, how are you doing? How can we help? We would love to connect with you and help you walk out this decision that you've made for Christ. Amen? Amen. So get that Connect card. You can turn that in uh, to the Connect desk after service. I also want to pray for something else. Because I believe that there are many of us in here that struggle with the approval of people. We feel like we've got to be liked by everyone. We We have to be approved by people in our life that honestly have nothing to do with where God's taking you. Or maybe their lack of approval has prevented you from stepping into who God has called you to be. God wants to set you free from that today. He wants to set you free from the stronghold of a person's opinion. Because people's opinions are just that. Their opinions. I'd tell you what my dad says about them, but I'd probably lose my job. But God's opinion is different because it's truth. When God has an opinion, it sets the solar system in place. When God has an opinion, matter rearranges. And when God has an opinion, your destiny, your eternity shifts to heaven. And that's his opinion about you. He's got truth for you. And this morning, I would love for us to let go of some of these strongholds, these opinions that have been holding us back from who God has called us to be and embrace his truth for our lives, that you could be defined by it and live by it. Amen? If that's you, and you want to live, about, live out what God says about you, live about his truth, be about his life, and not the opinions of others, I want you to stand up right where you're at. Take a bold step. Stand up right where you're at. I want to pray over you. And listen, maybe your spouse, maybe your your kid, your friend is standing up near you. I want you to put a hand on their shoulder. Ushers, prayer prayer team, let's put a hand on on, on some shoulders. Let's, Let's pray with people. Come on. Come on, Jacob, Cole, put a hand on somebody. We want you to know that you're loved, not just by us, but by God. I want to pray over you. Father God, I thank you. I thank you, God, that we don't have to live according to what this world says. I thank you for everyone standing before you, Jesus. Lord, we don't have to live for his acceptance. We don't have to live for other people's opinions because we aren't meant to stay here forever. We have an eternal home that we're meant for. And God, I pray that right now you would stir up faith in every one of us, God. Stir up faith in us to believe in who you've called us to be, God. Help us to let go of those opinions that have held us back. God, help us to let go of the things people have said that have been carving out a room in our hearts for years and years and have held us back. God, I pray freedom in the name of Jesus over our lives. God, I thank you that you made us and you approved of us. God, we didn't have to do anything for it. We didn't need to be special. You made us special. And I 
I thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you're doing right now. God, I thank you that bondages are falling off right now. I thank you we're going to stand on your word, God. We're going to step in faith into who you've called us to be, God. And from that faith, we're going to carry out the works you have for us. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Listen, I'm so proud of you, church, but more importantly, God is proud of you. He's so proud of you. Maybe there are some people that weren't there for you in your lives, but God was always there. And you'll find that out more as you, as you get closer to him and his promises. You'll find out he's always been there. He was always there. But now we can see him. We can, we can feel him. Amen.